Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right. Welcome, everyone. We have a very special guest. Danny Tang is joining us from sunny London. Danny, how are you? Good. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you, my friend. You are a very hot topic in poker. You're kind of one of those guys that if you look at your hen and mob or just kind of look and, and see your ride that you have come out of literally nowhere into the highest stakes, playing the biggest buy-ins in the world, having a lot of success. So we'll definitely dive in and talk about that. Uh, we're actually on the same plane tomorrow. We're going to be flying to uh, over to Sochi together, uh, which is cool. So we'll meet up and, and be on that, that flight, which is great. Um, we'll talk about that tournament as well. Uh, let's just start a little bit. For those that don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you got into poker. Uh, I was born and raised in UK, Wales, actually, North Wales. And uh, I got into poker during my university days in Manchester. Um, I got pretty hooked quickly. Uh, I was like two years into maybe a year and a half. And then I graduated. And I remember I had to think to my parents that I was going to do a master's. I registered for master's, but I never turned up once. And during that year, I got lucky and came second in one of the WPTs in Nottingham DTD. Um, And that was then I decided to like really, really go pro. And I managed to tell my parents and haven't really looked back since. Yeah, I'm looking right now, actually. I'm not kidding you. I think I've had... I've, just as you were supposed to be number 50, we had uh, Eric Afriat had to put, postpone his. He just won his third WPT and he was in a tournament live on day three. So we pushed it. You were going to be number 50. You won a WSOP bracelet at the 50th WSOP, the 50K buy in. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, which is pretty insane. I mean, to win a high roller and win your first bracelet. But I feel like everyone on our almost like 90 something percent of the people that I've had on the podcast, their first ever cash on their hen and mob is a final table. And it looks like that was the same for you. I mean, it was a ninth place. It was a $25. So it's sort of, you know, a 73 entrance. But do you remember that tournament? Do you remember playing your first live, getting your first live cash and, and hitting a, uh, a final table? I mean, it was a uh, you know, not like a massive feel, but do you remember that? No, not not actually. No, I don't. <laughs> but I, I remember the first real, like, real, real tournament where I felt like that money was something, you know? Like, that money was quite significant to, to me back then, which was the Ether Beast, where I chopped it for, I think, £8,000. Okay. So I remember yeah. it was a it was the Easter Sunday that was the that was the final table being played and I went home and my house was robbed. <laughs> what? Yeah. What yeah. was it correlation to that tournament score or just completely random that you hit like some money I think and then... it was just completely random and uh it was like an Easter Sunday where I was in a student area, so the area was extremely quiet because obviously all the students went home. Right. And it was it was just a good spot for those guys to hit and be they they hit my house and took my car as well. They what, they got your camera. They got my car. Oh wow! So that's a crazy swing. You go from winning your you know a real money, you get thirteen thousand US into you know your car, basically a trade off. So that that's kind of that's a lot of emotion on a on an Easter Sunday. Uh, yeah, I was pretty bummed, but then my car got paid off by the insurance. So that thirteen thousand US still went straight into my pocket. All right, so it did. It all worked out in in the end. So all right, so you get a score. You know, you you get a you get a uh, 
you get your beak wet. Were you playing cash games to start or was it always tournaments for you? Cash game at the start, definitely. I played the the one dollar, two dollar, two not one pound, two pounds, the fifty p one pounds back at two three five Manchester, where I still somehow sometime rock up, you know, whenever I'm back in UK, but not this time. I'm only in London this time. If I was back in Manchester, I'd definitely give two three five or Genting a little visit. Very nice. And and you're you. I I've read that you play well soccer but football you know in the in the worldwide view you played in in university or through growing up is that was that your sport of choice i, I played through from primary school pretty much for primary school until uh did i play in university yeah i played i think i played in year one of my university days and then i got too addicted into clubbing and poker and then just no more football since then on that's that's basically what I, same as me. I played till you know. I well, I got into poker and then in university around my freshman year, it was just like that was all I really cared about. Um, you know, I just got so into it. So that was a, a little different time though for you. So you're you're how old are you? I'm 27, almost 28. 27, 28. And is this? I, I read as well that Charlie Carell you reached out to for some advice and some help. Is that someone you knew, or just because he was from the UK and doing very well? Are you friendly with him, or how? how what's no, your I I didn't know him personally back then, but you know, you know what? Back then I was just a like a huge poker fan, which I still am now. But back then yeah. you would just add some of these guys on Facebook, and hopefully it goes through. And he was right. one of those guys that that went through and he responded to my messages at the time he was literally crushing all the live tournaments just killing it and i i decided to become a pro and i thought i would need some help from like someone who's really really good and really really young as well i wanted to follow his footsteps so i messaged him and he got back to me and yeah we had a few we had a few sessions we have unfinished business as well but it's okay <laughs> all right in, in terms just from is he I, I haven't heard much is he playing a lot now or no i haven't seen much from I him in the recent he's playing a lot right now but yeah obviously no. very talented and had a had a lot of great mm-hmm. results and and has done well and, and done some some content and streaming and whatnot uh tell me about all right let's let's get there's there's so much i want to ask you let's just kind of backtrack a bit so you you grow up in wales you now go to university, you get into poker. What is your, what did your family think of, of poker and, and, and sibling, you have siblings? Yeah. I have one brother, one older brother, one older brother, any, any gaming or any kind of poker for him? Or what does he think about this, that, that you're a world star now in poker? I, I think he finds it pretty cool. You know, like he, I think he was the one who taught me poker. Maybe I remember back then when I had, completely no idea or maybe i play like once a year during christmas but right. yeah i remember my brother brought me to some like home games in hong kong like literally home games like just be- just between him and his like office colleagues and yeah um what game were they it, playing the, was it no the, limit hold them or what kind of games during that yeah no limit hold them no limit hold them yeah no limit hold them uh the my memories are very vague but yeah i remember my brother bringing me up and then it was a while where I didn't really play poker. So like he introduced me to the game, but I wasn't hooked straight away. It was like, I was in a casino in UK and then I was playing on games where I shouldn't be playing on. And obviously the roulette and the, the, the baccarat or whatever. And yeah. I ended up playing poker and I still, but even when I played poker back then, I think I got hooked quickly. It was because I was familiar with a little bit of the game already. And it, it, it would cost me so little that I could play for so long, you know? Right. 
Yeah, I, I did read some notes and I saw that you you kind of found your way into the casinos. You were losing on table games. You quickly made that adjustment, found poker and sort of the rest is the rest is history. I mean, that's uh, at what point did you realize that this was viable for a career or for you to do? You know, you kind of sound similar. A lot of us play around college, maybe even high school, kind of get out of college, not really sure exactly what's doing. Poker's going okay. And then you just kind of pursued it. Is that, is that basically what happened? Did you have any other jobs along the way or was it just out of university right into poker? Uh, I had jobs when I was in college and I think I I think I was, I had a job during university as well, but it was like, it was like a, being a promoter. It wasn't like a proper job. You know, I never had a proper, proper job since I graduated. It was into poker straight away. And I think, like after a couple of months into poker i try to so obviously I've, i'm sure you understand as well even in a local casino where they're just playing one two there's still a big table and there's a small table right like the one one is the smaller table and one two where those guys have like a couple of thousands in their pocket every day they, they're supposed to be like the the big dogs of the casino right yeah and i was i remember i uh, I think I don't know if you follow MMA. Uh, there was a guy back then called Terry Etson. He's he at one point he was one of the biggest uh, MMA prospects from UK, and he happened to be playing at our local casino. Okay. And at the time, he would crush me so hard, like <laughs> literally. Where I have no idea, like why am I playing this game? I would never want to play with this guy. I would. I can imagine myself never being this good enough to be playing against this guy. And then I realized, wow, this game is so skilled that you really could make a living from this, you know? Right. That's when I decided to like, okay, I'm going to try to get better. One day I want to be good enough where I play with this guy. He's not going to own me, you know? That's, that's, and yeah. But, and that, but did you, do you remember a point though? Like, were you playing and you did a little bit of studying or was it or like read a book or were you just like in there and like learning Oh, you know, the button is good position, it's nice to be in good position. Uh, bet sizings. Like, did you have a mentor? Were you talking with anyone? What? How were you learning poker to improve at this stage when you were just kind of progressing at that point? I think at the time I was just such a um, such a feel player. That's what we like to call it, right? Like a non-GTO guy, where I would just feel. You know, I would have no idea about ranges. I would just, I, I would just be familiar. Like, oh, uh, I'm supposed to raise. I guess less from early position, but more in the later position. But exactly the ranges, the percentages, I would have no idea. That's That right. was, I didn't really study those until I was maybe like one or two years into my pro career. That's when I came across Razor Edge and I, I did a lot of studying on Razor Edge. Very nice. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a so big So what I'm trying to say is you can study Razor Edge and end up playing at the highest, highest stake. It's uh, good enough. <laughs> it's true. It's crazy. Uh, that that clip is hilarious. Also, the the raise your edge from the summer house. I, we, we were there that day playing some games this last summer in Vegas. But the uh, the the raise your edge where they you know the rounders right whoever came up with that is so genius. Like even when I was saying yeah. your name out loud, like to someone I was doing a positive Danny, T- and I just think of that every time. Like John, you know, you got to watch it. I don't know where it is exactly. It was on their Instagram. I actually tried to search it before if we could pull up the clip, but. Uh, I think it's somewhere in their Instagram. I couldn't find it on YouTube, but it's it's an amazing clip. And yeah, a lot of Ben CB, um, Ben Rowley, obviously talent, super talented, and they just made some big updates to the course. So, is that what you would recommend these days to to study, to take a course? Not you, it's just not enough to just you you want to you know learn, get a little your beak wet, go to a casino, but you gotta you gotta be doing some 
hardcore work at this point. You can't just expect to win and just hop in. The, the thing is, like, you have no no one has ever had more access to poker study studying materials than now. You know, right? Like, it's so much easier to study now than before. So why would you not, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, some people just aren't built for it and, and, and just don't want to put the work in. What would you suggest would be a good uh, work to play ratio? If you were to say, let's say a beginner, an intermediate or an advanced, like give me an, on the high on the the circuit, the highest level. What do you think guys are putting in on all three categories? What would you recommend to a beginner who has no idea what that really even means? What would you recommend to someone that's playing and getting better and now starting to beat the game a little? And what would you recommend yeah. to an advanced player? What kind of work study ratios? I think for someone who has no idea what poker is, I would suggest like, I don't know, 98 to 2 play to study ratio where they would just put in a lot of playing time where they – want to make sure this is like the game for them you know like they would enjoy they'll be they'll have the patience to do that um, yeah. where you know it and then eventually where you want to progress then it becomes a lot more study more like i don't know 70 percent studying or 30 percent playing and i mean i say that but for me I, it's been a while since i've studied i mean i've studied some short deck but uh, you know when you get to a certain point where games are just you know, really good. You want to really hop in and play, you know, money's hard to make these days. Poker's not easy these days. Right. I love how you guys say, I love how players that say short deck or play a lot of short deck refer to no limit holdem or, or long deck. I think it's hilarious just cause it's like, it's almost like implying it's like, you know, abnormal or it's longer. It's not, it's long deck, meaning no limit holdem where there's the full 52 cards. Short deck is how many? 36 cards. 36. 36, and that's taking out the two Wait, three. it could be 39. I don't know. 39 or 36? No, it's got to be 36. It's got to be an even number, right? It can't be, it can't be 39. Yeah, it's true. 36. 36. <laughs> All right. Come on, Danny. Don't, yeah, yeah. So short deck, and yet you prefer short deck now. Is that true? Or you just more, it's a more popular game that you're playing uh, generally? Yeah, it's, I, do I prefer it? I still think my uh, no limit hold'em it's a lot better than my short deck, but I've been playing so much short deck recently. I do prefer it. I've done some commentary on short deck for Triton. I'm going over to Sochi. Going to be watching you as well as some of the other top players in the world. Give me a short deck. Give me a trick that I can sound really smart when I'm giving some analysis. And, and we'll, let's start with that. What, what's like a short deck kind of a, just little quick tidbit, in, interesting point or something to think about maybe that if you've heard a short deck, you don't know what it is, what you would, what, what would be good to, uh, to know or some kind of cool fact. Ooh, or stat. Give me that, something. That's really hot. You're never too far behind. Put that okay. way. You're never too far behind. That's it doesn't good. matter what that guy's got. Okay. So, so if you're aggressive and you have heart and you stick in there, you, you, you could win. Okay. Put it that way. I've had a uh, middle set against top pair, no kicker before against Mr. Popper. And I end up rebuying that tournament. Okay, oh, we wow. got it in on the flop, on the flop. And that's not like you know, in, that's not insane. In no limit hold them, you just start grabbing the chips. You know, you start putting the chips in your stack already. But not in short deck, you don't. You want to see that turn, and a lot of the turns you're gonna be like, oh, here we go. You're gonna roll your eyes, and yes, the river it comes, and then you stand up and go rebuy. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm. 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 Uh, I'm learning. I mean, it. I, it seems. It seems like a really fun game. I've played a bit, but definitely, you know, don't feel like uh, I know exactly what's going on. Now, explain to me in Nolan and Holden, there's been Big Blind Annie, there's been shot clocks, there's been innovations to make the game smoother, quicker. 
I noticed from watching some three-handed and, and doing, you know, watching, actually I saw some just world-class play as well in the short deck, I think a Triton for the main event short deck. Um, the, it's the, the name's going to elude me here, but a couple of players that just were like, it was insane to me how, you know, how well and what kind of folds they were making and spots, which again, I guess not knowing short deck as well, maybe it's not quite as crazy, but how can you make short deck, are there any innovations or any ways the games they're making the tournament game different? Cause it's very exciting. It's fun, but it seems to be people in the short deck in general, that plays pretty aggressive, right? Guys gamble, they're going all in, there's trying to get stacks. And then at the end it's so deep and there's no Annie, correct? Or, or, uh, or is there now? And, and in what ways is there any improvements or has there been any changes to make short deck tournaments more kind of fast towards the end or to, to speed it up? Or has there been any changes since it started that, that you've noticed on the tour where the short deck tournaments, a structural change or something, or, or any, any thoughts on that? Or is it just, I, the same? I'm pretty sure there is NT though, but I understand what you mean by it plays pretty deep. Uh, Personally, I've, I'm pretty inexperienced when it comes to shot at tournaments. I think I've made like one final table in, in my, or, or maybe two in my entire career where I didn't see the problem of being played too slow or anything like that. I've been playing majority of shot at cash games and I think right. it's been fine. I think it's been fine. But maybe okay. I'm sure there's a lot more work to be done for shot at because like, I feel like a lot of people are not aware of how short deck like final table plays compared to like no limit hold up you know right yeah and i and give us a little bit of a nuanced difference with how you want to play is, is it true you'd want to be tighter at the end kind of like with the icm and stuff just because like, of the like let's say on the bubble factor like literally you know where you you would be extremely aggressive in no limit hold them on the bubble anyway but you yeah. could be i think literally going all in with any two when it comes to short deck Pretty Just much. I mean, I, I think there could be some players could be could be arguing arguing against this, you know, in the world. But like, it makes sense, right? Even even Jack like Jack Six is almost the worst hand in 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 short deck, and it still has like equity again, decent amount of equity even against like aces, you know. So like, pretty much. So basically, if you have chips and you cover, you you want to just rip it on people almost, and some sense. a lot, a lot like, of pressure. Like, yeah, pretty much. Like it's it's hard to like really go into it, but I feel like Sochi is going to be a good stop where you're going to see maybe it's an it's short deck 2.0 or maybe 3.0 where you know it's been a while since the last Triton, right? And now it's back. Well, it's not really back because it's not a Triton stop technically, but yeah, it's been a while since some big big high stake shot deck's been played. I'm excited to see how shot deck has progressed in terms of like strategy wise from players around the world. For sure. Yeah, no, I'm, I, it's going to be a really amazing event. Anything in particular at the main event, talk to me a little bit about that schedule for Sochi. How, uh, how do you feel about that? And what, what events do you most Funny enough, I, I messaged Neil this morning, but I haven't looked at the schedule yet, but I think there's a couple of like, 50k shot deck there's a 250k super high roller ball right i haven't completely looked at the schedule maybe you would know more yeah yeah i mean the two the 250k main is is pretty exciting obviously that's the featured event and there's you know it's going to be it's just going to be world class all around just you know production and, and really exciting i uh have you noticed you've been traveling a lot? I keep up with you on the socials. You've been busy. You're a young man traveling the world. I, I believe you have, you have a serious girlfriend, but not engaged yet, right? That's correct. And today happened to be our anniversary as well. 
Oh wow! Well, nice. Very nice. Congrats. I met her. Uh, very- I'm not. I'm not with her. I'm not with her. So I would like to say sorry on on the podcast right now. All right. No, for sure. Please. It's a it's a yeah. platform for uh you know repair and and, rec- yeah. and and healing on those things. That's good. I, I met her. I met her in London at the Triton. She seemed very lovely. So congrats on on that uh, moving that direction on into. And I think I read you. You're open to have. You want to have a family, kids one day. That's on your. That's for something. Sure. For sure. Awesome. And get it in, man. I got my 10 month old. I'm telling you, I'm 33. Uh, it's a little different. I was traveling, doing the, the things. It's a great time. It's fun. I mean, I'm going to Sochi today, but it is, it gets harder. As you know, you want to get it in and have a good time and do your, you know, world, world traveling now. Um, was, uh, so with, with, uh, how is that, how is she supportive and, and what percent does she travel with you and stuff on like events and, and whatnot? Is she always, yeah, saying go play and do this or is it kind of like do you find it difficult to balance with being a professional poker player and and having a serious committed relationship uh we have not really been seeing each other as of late so yeah uh, i mean it, it so first it was because of the poker and then afterwards it was because of the coronavirus where oh that's uh, what I'm as well yes how, how has that been with the travels and are you noticing people like getting a little wary that you're with that you're traveling with or everyone kind of like what what's the overall take on that do you feel it's all i have been one of the i've been one of the like small population who's been lucky enough to just okay there's coronavirus let's get out of here let's just go somewhere you know elton you know who's also uh, a super high stakes guy from hong kong just one day gave me a call and he was like yo you gotta go let's go on holiday and then we just decide to like start jetting everywhere. We yeah. ended up we end up going to Japan. We went to Jakarta. We went to Bali. We went to uh, Malaysia, and now I'm in London. Right. <laughs> so you've been you've been you've been you've been rolling around. But you have you noticed in the and the airports are just around when you're on the streets and places are people wearing masks where you've been and, and is it a little more you noticing stuff or not really? Because I haven't been traveling much, so I, I haven't. I don't really have that airport feel. I'm going to get it tomorrow. But what's your sense on that? Does it feel different? Like, does it feel kind of weird or just same old? Yeah, we're we're fully aware that airports are extremely one of the most dangerous destination right now. So that so we decided to fly private, right? <laughs> so just to avoid this, right? Uh, and yeah, we have been we have been keeping like hand sanitizers on us. We we wear masks, uh, but literally the places that we've been going to have had so little cases. Like back then when we were at Hokkaido Naziko. Uh, at the time, there was only one cases, and then when we were lucky enough that when we got out, like within a week, the cases went up, and we touch like touch wood, like the whole group has been safe. And Malaysia also, like when we were there, I think it was like twenty two confirmed cases, and twenty one of them all recovered. So yeah, yeah uh, like the the coronavirus has not really been a huge thing for our group, but like I would hope it. It, you know, it all settled down soon around yeah. the world. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, they're talking to you, the Olympics, which are in Tokyo, are a favorite to be canceled, postponed, or yeah. or um, moved. I think the European Cup as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I heard in Italy they're playing Serie A games, uh, the, you know, top league there. They're playing indoor or closed off where there's no, mm-hmm. no um, you know, no, no stadium um, audience and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, impacting the world the world series of poker people are chirping about the the fact that it might be canceled and even a favorite yeah. or not so what, what do you think on that if you had to bet if you're a betting man world series of poker, I, 
I saw who was it? Was it Doug Bug who was offering some action, right? Correct. Yeah, I was tempted. I think did Dan Smith get his bet booked or not? I didn't, you know, I, I just saw some chirping back and forth. I didn't follow up. I had a couple people. I, I had people ask me if I would vouch for them for Bill Perkins, like to make a bet. And I'm just like, you know, listen, I, I just, I actually personally don't like betting on these type of things, you know, like marriage, divorce, like viruses, people. I saw there's something someone mentioned that Dan, um, Dan O'Brien, who I like a lot, was betting uh, if we would know someone that in the poker world that would die from the coronavirus, like that kind of stuff. It's just like it just like gets a little weird, right? It's kind of like you know, what do you? Uh, yeah, that's like, not cool, right? But yeah, but the WSOP being cancelled or not cancelled, I think that would be an interesting thing. Like it doesn't re- really like no lives is on the line, right? But I mean, if we bet against someone that we know dies, I think that's a terrible thing. Yeah, I but also the WSOP, I mean, I'll tell you what, if it, if it is canceled, it's a pretty bad sign. You know, we're talking about June. Yeah. Uh, by that point, it means that things have gotten probably worse. There's, It's not really sorted and it's sort yeah, of uh, concerning. So I, I don't, but that's um. True. But yeah, I, 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 it seems it seems unlikely that could happen. But these things happen exponentially or not, right? It's either going to get sorted and contained, or it's going to be a a bigger problem, and, and people get a little worried. Um, yeah. Speaking of WSOP, let's uh, let's let's run through your career just to take us up to that point. So you were a player again. You could you kind of broke out really out of nowhere. You're you're playing in 2013, some live. You hit a 50k score, nice score from a 500 buy-in, which is a really nice ROI. You then fast forward and you get that second place at the Nottingham. Uh, that is Rob Young, Party Pokers Casino. You hit the 130K score, really, really big uptick there. What was that like? Was that a, was that a game changer for you in your career, hitting that six-figure payday and, and getting that ROI huge on a 1K buy-in? Did, what was that like for that, you and the turning point? Yeah, that was that was really – that was unbelievable. You know, that was unbelievable because – that was the tournament that I was referring to that basically I decided to go pro. And like, I think this is just a platform that I managed to have that I can say thank you to some of the people that really supported me before I even turned pro. I'm one of them who's not with it anymore. And I think... Danny, yeah, hold, I think on, hold on two, one second. We're going to... Got a fire alarm test going on. I want to hear about this score because that's... I, I always like to hear about like the the moment that kind of uh, that, that broke you open. So sorry, re- redo that for me. You, so, okay. You hit the score, $130,000 score. And, and what, what did this mean for you in your career? And how is this such a, a big turning point? It was huge. Cause I happened to have like a decent share from that 130 K as well. So it like at the time I remember putting the check into my bank, it was like a huge amount of money. And, uh, it, it just gave a lot of the people who supported me back then, like some money back as well, where, you know, they could, I'm, I was short at the time, they could continue to invest in me. So which means the road for my pro career would be somewhat easier, you know? And one of the guys that, that helped me throughout, like has, like he's not with us anymore, which is a shame. I think he passed away not long after that tournament as well, which was kind of annoying. I just want to give him a shout out. Frankie from DTD, I'm sure all the Nottingham UK guys would know him. Chinese Frankie, you know, he he treated me one of like one of his own. I still got all his like text messages on my phone where I just, you know, backed up where, yeah, I, I would like to just give him a shout out. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Sad, but that's uh, that he was uh, he was just someone you knew from when you were the first times you were going there. Yeah, just, like 
he was an Asian and I was an Asian. I went into the casino and we quickly got chatting and he just treated me like I was one of his one of his own. So, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that's uh, it's, it's important to have people in poker that are good mentors, good friends that you can trust. And that's I think you know, that's something that people get pushed into can kind of sway them, right? Like if you have a bad experience or someone does you wrong or cheats you or is dishonest to you or misleads you early on when you're kind of trying poker, that, that can be a big difference than if you have someone that's really got your back, shows you some good, you know, shows you the way, gives you some encouragement and, and gives good advice. So yeah, it's great to have uh, people that that push you on the right direction. So that, that's great yeah. to hear that you had that to start. Um, so, all right. So you hit that score, you kind of, uh, you keep it going, you know, you're playing, you get some tournament scores at this point. Have you, once you hit that score, were you mostly tournaments or are you still playing cash? And did you play online or was it all live for you? It was almost all live for me. I, I almost didn't really, uh, play. I never had low, like an online grinding days where I was grinding online, like week in, week out, day in, yeah. day out. I, I think I played a, a bit more online during, during the natural eight days where natural eight was really coming up and they had those like blade series where i started playing more and more online but no like in terms of party poker and broker styles not really fair so all right so you're more you got the live you just been through and through live primarily tell me where it went from there so you have i mean look it's better you get 130k score this is may summer 2016 you know fast forward to so you're playing a lot. It looks like you're traveling. I'm seeing different flags, hen and mobs. You're going to the World Series. You're in Japan. You're in Macau. You're back in London. You're in Australia. When when did it like when did Danny become high roller Danny? Because I'm looking all the way summer of 2017. Even you don't have another six figure score um, for a while, and then you have another in like October 2017, 130k score, and then. You followed up with a nice score and then a big one in uh, the poker at, at Prague, December, the end of 2017. You know, you get yeah. that right before the holiday season. Everything kind of winds down Christmas time, yeah. New Year's. There's not, you know, that's the last period. So that's got to feel pretty incredible to, to bank that your significantly your largest score um, and, and get that get that bank. What was that like to hit that kind of score? Yeah, I was having kind of a bad year at the time in terms of tournaments but i by then i i already moved back to asia i would say permanently pretty much and i met some like really cool people the likes of like sparrow ensign ivan winfred you know i met those guys and i think by then i already signed with tilt king so i had uh, i had some ambassador money as well um but yeah like they knew i, I came back from uh, Europe and I had some little scores at a WSOP final table and quickly they believed in me and let let me play some bigger buy-ins where the 130k in October I think that one was the one where Adrian Mateos won uh, and I came third so that gave me some like confident boost going into like towards the end of the year where I went I went I, I it was the second time I was going back to Prague because I won I remember the first time I went to Prague, I was having a disaster of a tour, like series again. And then at the end, I had a trip saver where I won 50K and that was like 100% action as well. So that was great. And then, so yeah, I was really excited to go back to Prague. And I remember like I was walking around looking at the 10K field and I wasn't sure if I should play or not. It was one of the biggest 10, like it was like a great 10K where there was like a lot of runners. And I remember I ran into JC. James, uh, Mexican Jay Z, Jay Alvarado. Uh, 
yeah i could never pronounce his surname so i, I didn't want to i didn't want to try <laughs> uh, but yeah he, he was like what's up danny what are you doing and i was like hey, i was thinking about playing the 10k or not and at the time he i already played a little bit with him in macau where he would hang out in macau and play some of those like 8k high rollers 10k high rollers you know and in macau i would have no problem playing i would just play but that was ebt 10k high roller so that was like a for me i wasn't sure i was still thinking and he was like bro look at it you need to play mm-hmm. and i was like all right fair enough like you tell me i i should be playing i got that then i just registered and that was it and he ended up in day three with me and i remember we had a steak swap as well where whoever wins would treat the other guy dinner and i think i owe yeah i still owe him that steak all right well, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's I, still, I don't right. see him that often anymore you know but yeah i got, I got a couple dinners to collect too it's good to yeah it's good to keep or or to pay out you got to keep track and for sure people are around so you hit that massive score you just got to be on top of the world going to the holidays you know it's a it's a it's it's nice to win right even taking second you got the trophy looks like you might have made a deal based on the payouts but you got the win yeah. You get you get the big big lion share, and so now I mean, what did this? How did this, did this take you to a new point? Because I mean, it looks like you're at the. I'm just kind of scrolling through here. You hit the 488 or uh, yeah, what is it? 448 score, um, and then you're back. 2018 deep run in the main event. What was that like in 2018 to to go so deep in the main event? I mean, 7,874 entrants. You end up getting 31st. What? How? how I mean. That's just crazy, right? You're down to four tables in the main event. What was that experience like? Oh, man. Uh, I remember that was the main event where I played with, like, some some of the guys where I was just looking up and, like, looking on YouTube and poker after dark back in the days where I played with Phil Ivey on day two. I played with Esfandiari on day four where yeah. he wanted revenge for his wife because I stacked his wife on day three. And yeah, yeah I remember I five bet went all in with ace queen against him and he had kings and I flopped an ace and he turned a king and he got up and ran barefoot it around the, around the, you know, around the, the tables. And it was just a great time. Like, but that week at the time, I wouldn't think it was so intense, but it also went so fast. You know, I remember I had a housemate, Natalie Ter, who also ran relatively deep that year i think maybe she finished like 100 or something okay. so every day it would so at the first day the whole crew would uber from the house to the to rio and then day by day it got less of us and mm. at the end it was just me and natalie and the very last day it was just by myself and i remember like it's just a it's, it's just such a good experience you know it's like it has to be the best event to run deep in and yeah. eventually yeah. i lost uh, I lost a really sick one with Queens against the biggest nit ever. Like, I don't know why he just suddenly decided to like raise four bet jam with King Jack suited. And he rivered, a, he flopped the Jack, rivered a Jack, Jack, and then I, it left me with like almost nothing. Oh, that was, uh, so um, you, were, you lost Queens to King Jack for most of your stack pre in the main with 31 left. Yeah. Damn. And against the, against the biggest nit who like just, he doesn't do stuff like that. Ever. Well, that maybe he does. Maybe he's got some tricks. You know, that's no. That. We've been watching. I've been. I had guys watching the stream like all over, I and see. he he, he just, had it every time. He just spazzed just out. Time, yes. It's so yes. how many splines was it? How many, you would have. I mean, it must have been. You had it was. It was a lot. Yeah, I think he must have had like thirty something, and I had like forty. So it was like a seventy. 
five big line anti pot, uh, semi five big line pot. Well, left in the main event. You oh, and I remember that was a year where John Cena won, and at the time yeah. John Cena didn't have much chips as well. That's funny, right? Like that's how it works. It's just you're in there. Anything can happen. You hear about the two yeah. lines, Joe Cotta or uh, you know Greg Merson and the different stages, and it's just like never over till it's yeah. over. It's yeah. uh, it is wild, and awesome. you know, I, we all play tournaments. In poker, if you play turn in poker, you happens a lot. You lose ace king, ace queen. You lose jacks to you know to fours. Yeah. It happens, right? This is math for 20s, two to one, seventy thirties. Uh, it's just so crazy how the variance of these kind of events is it in a one k? Is it in a hundred dollar freeze out online, or is it in the main event? And and when are you going to run run pure? How how do you prepare for the mental side of the game? Do you do med- meditation? Do you try to work out daily? Do you find yourself to be a strong mental player in terms of dealing with? beats and adversity or where, how do you deal with all that the mental side you know i just kind of went from like mistakes to the highest stick at one point where you know I, at first i was playing you know one or two good players sometimes you know here and there but all of a sudden i had a table where i remember one day it was like Igor kurganov makita uh, linus love hecklin uh lucas greenwood and i think it was me so playing yeah, six packs like in this sounds like a yeah. yeah yeah and i i just had to like breathe and tell myself right you know i can compete with these guys you know like don't let their name throw me off you know like we right. all got two cards you know we all have a brain i've done my work they've done their work maybe they've done more work maybe they're more talented but you know what you just gotta believe in yourself and play the game you know yeah, and, and maybe it's, some, it's somewhat of an advantage for you as well because you know you're you're aware of them or you have yeah exactly you know, like, I'm like a dark horse they, they have, have no much, idea they don't know well, are you playing like, tight are you wild like they literally don't yes, know yes, yeah exactly yeah and but yeah but I you know that year of the main event where I ran deep like I something very good happened uh, I was left with almost no chips and I went all I, and I think it was like. It was like no chips, but it was like maybe like six big blinds or something or seven big blinds where, and then under the gun raised and I still went all in. I think it was like ace, I don't know, ace six off, ace seven off, where it was wrong. I remember it was wrong, but it was straight after the queen's hand where I was a little bit beat it up. I was like, I kind of just gave up, you know, I didn't, I didn't regroup. I drank a whole bottle of water on stage on the mainstream and I didn't really regroup and I just like went with my last six big blinds and that taught me a lesson because afterwards i uh i remember kitty Kitty quote was like yo i don't think that was an all-in and at the time i was so focused on my queens losing instead of my whatever six big blind left yeah that taught me a lesson where short i need to put a lot more work onto my short stack not only that but also my mental side of the game where anything could happen at any given time so you know not take nothing for granted and you just gotta take what's given to you you know for sure i mean that that's i work with elliot rowe who i, I think is fantastic but that's big thing talks about every hand's a puzzle right it's just like all right new situation doesn't matter if you know if he had had kings and you had queens you know you should treat it's a whatever right it is what it is you lose the hand mm-hmm. now you have six seven blinds and you're in the main event with 30 left but but obviously you have a strong mental fortitude to be able to compete at the highest level in poker you have to have thick skin you have to be able to take beats you have to be able to regroup and it's important to always be learning i mean i think we all would be lying if we said we didn't play hands incorrectly or make mistakes or get emotional at times and spots it's just natural and uh it's just part of the game speaking of natural tell me about natural eight you are an ambassador for uh how did that come about and what does that mean for you 
Natural Eight, they signed me this last summer, like a couple of days before I won the bracelet. So I think they, you know, lucky, lucky signing right there. You know, <laughs> I signed and I just yeah. somehow won the bracelet. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm extremely at the time. I'm extremely excited to join uh, the the family. You know, they have some very big names, the likes of like Kitty Quill, uh, Brian Paris, Michael Sawyer. You know, so yeah, yeah, I was extremely happy. But I, I'm not gonna, you know, as a uh, when you when you are coming up as a poker pro, you you always you know thought about signing for like the the likes of like poker stars. You know, when you look at the people like you know like uh, Vanessa Selk back then, uh, Elky, you know, you know those guys where you would just like really hope, oh, one day I could be like one of those ambassadors and. Uh, and I really believe that Natural Eight has the potential to go all the way up and be a like a real competitor to the likes the, to, to the likes of like the big names such as Poker Stars and Party Poker. And I I'm even I think even on the podcast I can say that I think Natural Eight knows that at one point I was waiting out for Party Poker to come to Asia and find a pro, and I thought maybe I I would be one of the candidates. But they never did that, and still they did. They still haven't done that, which I'm quite surprised. Well, to, yeah, it's interesting the marketplace there, and just in general, give me a little bit of insight on what it's like because it does seem that in, in China there's it's, it's Twitch. There's not even a Twitch, right? They have their own platform, or there's different yeah. uh, different Facebooks. There's different poker things. What is it like? From your experience in China, Hong Kong, these places where players aren't really able to play on these major sites, sort of like the states too, right? States, most states you can't play or it's segregated anyway. So, what are people doing to play online poker there? Are they are they? Is it mostly apps? Are they playing these other sites? How does it work? In I general? think it's majority apps and it's majority cash games as well. I don't. I feel like people are not as interested in tournaments, whereas like. Hmm, I don't know. You know, I I personally don't really play much on those apps. Uh, but for example, Natural Eight, we would have like another skin for that, and other people would cover that area of the of the world. And but yeah, like people who would play Poker Stars are some of the the better players from the from that region that would only try to play Poker Stars. Otherwise, they'll play on like some smaller apps where it's like completely the the whole field is China, mm-hmm. uh, Asians, or even. Very yeah, like people who would play on poker stars are the ones that really challenge themselves, you know. Right. Makes makes a lot of sense. See a question here in the uh, live chat from uh, Paul's T asking, what are the big differences between live mid stakes and live high stakes and live nosebleeds? What is the best way to grow from mid stakes and nosebleeds? Uh, put interesting that question. For you. Honestly, like I would personally say, Sometimes it's not just about how good you are. It's the opportunity you have been given and would you take it or would you leave it? You know, like I, I've always said this, right? A 10K or a, let's, let's say a 10K or a 25K may not be softer than a 50K or 100K sometimes in terms of tournaments. Where because I feel like a lot of people are extremely careful with their bankroll management. Not that I'm not saying, not that I'm saying that they shouldn't be. You know, I I think it's extremely important. But there's a lot of regs who like try not to take shots. You know, they would they would be they would be play it safe a lot more. And so there's a lot more regs and in 10Ks and 25Ks, whether in 50K, 100Ks, you usually get some sort of VIPs, and the field is a lot smaller, so the variance is a lot smaller. And right. obviously the the best but 
if you think about it, the best in the world, the likes of like, let's say, I don't know, Makita, Sam Greenwood, you would see them in the 10K or 100K anyway, you know? But some of these very, very good players that don't, that only plays the 10K, but not the 100K. I don't want to start naming people, but yeah, like I think. Uh, right. That makes, yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah and I, I'm with you on that. I think that's an interesting way to look at it. Um, I do. So let's just, let's go back here before we just kind of catch up to speed on your, your career. So you next year, same thing. Looks like you, uh, you have a couple scores. You're, you're bouncing around hitting, you hit a six figure score in Spain, uh, Barcelona, you get back to your stop. This is it in Prague. That's the stop. You're not going to miss. You hit another good run final four, good score to end the year. That's uh that's just, is there some, do you believe in that? You, does it, it just seems some guys you see win the same event. It's insane. Mike Leah and you know, the Niagara, the one K won like three or four years in like thousand person fields. And then he wins the main event. Like it's the crazy, like you do well here. Do you, do you feel, are you superstitious at all? Do you feel certain venues? Absolutely. Feel more comfortable? Absolutely brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I, I would never thought about missing Prague, you know, but this year, I'm not sure this year. I'm not sure. I, my, my kind of, my, my career is like pointing different direction these days. So, but yeah, if I could, I would definitely try to go back to Prague. Right. Prague has been absolutely too nice to me. All right. So you, so you get, you go there, we're in 2019, you know, nothing to write home about. You're around, you're, you're hitting the stops, you're having fun, you're traveling. And then boom, you go 179 K, uh, Wow. So wait, this was, uh, oh, this was, uh, oh yeah. It's, this is where Danny Tang becomes Danny effing Tang. Cause you hit 179 K <laughs> score and then you, then you get second to Bryn, the, the man, the myth, uh, for 1.8 million. I mean, talk about leveling up. What was this like? This is 31 entries, 44 or 44, or 31 re-entries. So really like 70, uh, what was going on here in this tournament? So this is about a hundred K buy-in or no, or is this a little more? Uh, Hong Kong, 125k roughly, US. Yeah, around that. So around you hit, that, you get heads up. I mean, 1.8 million. What's going on here? What are you thinking? So let's say let's go back to the start of the year for 2019, where I went to Australia, and it's usually, you know, Australia. You know, when you have stops where you really excited to, like, you know, you feel like, okay, I've always done well here. I feel, I, I hope I'm going to do well, and then there's stops which is like Australia, where I've never really done well ever. Okay. And I won something in Australia for once. And what it make what it made me think back was Michael Sawyer, who's a close friend of mine, he did well in Australia, 2018. Okay. Mm-hmm. He I think he won or he came second to like Chance Corner for something. I don't I don't remember. And then he had a crazy year where he rocketed like sky high. And then I won something in Australia. I was thinking, wait, is this gonna be my year this time? Like, right. like is it? And then and then I think I won something small again the ne- in the next month or so. I don't really remember. And then I yeah. did online where I won an online main event for, I think it was like 80K, which was it's still good, you know, like a $500 tournament and then you get 80K out of it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and I just had a lot of confidence. And I remember getting extremely sick. Uh, I, I already had plans to go to Triton because a friend was going to like introduce me to like, uh, like, to Paul, to Richard and those guys. And I already had plans, but then I got really sick. Like, I think it was like two weeks before Triton. Uh, I had 
I, I don't even know what to call it. But yeah, I was in hospital. I never, I'm never in hospital like Touchwood. I'm never in hospital. And I had to stay in the hospital for like four days. And the, and the doctor would like not recommend me to fly. And I remember in the room, I was by myself and the sun was setting. It's like such a, such a, such a, such a story. I got a coin out and I flipped it. And I was like, am I going to like go to Triton or not? I flipped it and it says go, you know? But at the back of my mind, I was still thinking like, do I go? Do I not go? And I, I, I was just scrolling through Facebook because you got nothing to do in the hospital, you know. And there was an article talking about, you know, I, I don't know what to call, but you know, where Chinese there's like twelve animals for each. Yeah, what, you what's, that, what's that called? Yeah, the Chinese calendar, the New Year Chinese New, like yeah, your, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your uh, so, sign, I'm a, your sign. I'm a tiger. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm a monkey. Okay. All right. And I remember reading that article uh, in May and June and July. You're going to have some quick money for monkey. And I was like, wow, okay, I need to go. And I really went. And then I remember turning up and seeing all the biggest guys, you know, the best players in the world. It was super exciting. And uh, I remember uh, I remember Sam Greenwood had Queen Tan suited and he forbet he called for a jam into my aces and he just took me out of that and I was very disappointed. But then I ran I cashed the 50k and I remember after I cashed the 50k the, the pressure of my like was lifted off my shoulder. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, okay, I could still lose for this trip this trip, but at least I got at least I know I came to Montenegro and I did. Yeah, that's, I, I'm funny like that too. It's nice to get out. Like, even if it's a 1K buy and I'm playing a 25K or, you know, a, even a bigger event, it's like, it's nice to just like know you were there. Cause if it's not, if it doesn't happen on the Hen and Mob, it never happened, right? It's like, oh, what, what'd you do in May of 2018? I, well, you didn't have a cash. Like, you weren't, a, did you even go or where was I? So I, I'm with you. It's kind of nice to just like acclimate and feel like you were a part of the event. So I, I get yeah. that. Um, and then what? So you get heads up, you get down, you go to the final table, and now your heads up with Bring Kinney for playing for a million dollar difference, but already lock up one point eight. Well, I mean, what, what what's going through your head? And do you guys talk deal? Are you just having fun? Is Brit like well, how does that? What goes on once you get to heads up? No, that was just the fifty k first, and then there was like yeah, yeah, no, the next okay. one. I know, I'm here, I'm with you. Yeah. So uh, I remember I didn't register the tournament until like two levels left for the day for day one. Wow. 100k. This is my first 100k, and I laid there just. I think it was a, like a little bit of me was thinking, ah, let's. There's no need to play so deep with these guys, right? Let's let's just let's not let's not get my ego in the way, okay? Let's do the sensible thing, right? Go, go in when I'm fresh, you know, like I, I have a good enough rest, and I go in and I somehow back the chip lead. Wow. <laughs> in two levels, and I had like I don't know 230 big minds going into day two, and then. Yeah, day two, I lost, I quickly, that day two was the, the table where I told you earlier, where I had Makita, Linus, Hecklin, and all those guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it was proven. I lost a lot of my chips on day two, but uh, I still, you know, grinded and grinded. And I picked up aces on the Stone Cold Bubble where I somehow managed to survive it. And uh, against Alex Foxen's Kings and uh, Paul, Mr. Paul's Ace King, I was super blessed. You know, I, I feel like it was just meant to be, you know, I like that tournament was supposed to, let the world be there. That that was yeah. That was I was supposed to be kind of there. To take it to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. So how how would happen? Heads up. Do you did you was it a does Brent like in a situation like that? It depends. Are you guys do you even talk deal? Do you just play it out? 
and and there's no I, I was pretty short like me and Peter Jansen was pretty short so there wasn't there wasn't any talking necessary and no, actually, I didn't really double up from there I see that uh Bryn won that event he actually the one you final tabled the one right before the 50k event he won I mean it's pretty safe to say this was Bryn's summer uh and what he did at Trey yeah. company as well but like how, I mean oh, absolutely tell me what you think about give me you know I don't want to run by individually obviously uh Richard Young um, you know, Paul, 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 they, they're, they play a ton of poker. They have unbelievable results. They talk, they, they live, breathe poker. I remember, I remember t- sitting with Paul at uh Triton and he had just busted, I think fourth or something in a tournament or fit in a, maybe a short deck. And he was looking, he was watching and like in his head, like, Oh, I could have done this. I he was saying I could have done this better. He's like reviewing the hands. He's just such like a student in the game and loves it. But from that side, those guys that, you know, are, are successful businessmen, they're they're not you know poker pros, very talented players. What about the guys like you're battling with uh, Bryn Kinney, um, Jason Kuhn, Sergio Ado? These guys that you know these same kind of hero guys that are playing. How good are they? I mean, are these guys are they just incredible players? Like, is it is it like you see how is it obvious to you right away who's great when you play? One sec. Got a fire alarm. Do you speak Spanish? I don't know what they're saying, but it sounds important. Nobody. <laughs> no. You saw right. you shouldn't be running or like leaving stuff behind? No, no, it's like a test thing. <laughs> it's annoying. They do the thing. <laughs> One second. This can get edited out on the, the, the podcast version, not on YouTube. So good. Spanish dominant. That's what they put first as the Spanish. They don't even, they don't even <laughs> like, uh, I'm the minority in, in, uh, Florida here. I don't know if this is over or what this could be. This could be bad. Danny, we might get, we might have a slight pause here. Uh, I even forgot what I was saying, but I think I'm asking about these world-class players. What's it like the, the mix between businessmen who I feel play excellent. A lot of them. Um, and then the, uh, the pros, like, is it, is it becoming more tight? Where it's like, all right, this, you know, before these guys might think they're a spot, now they're just really, really good. Because the guys, though, the pros are just so dominant, right? I mean, they're so, yeah, so tough. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Where do you where do you stand on that? Like the the, the mix. Uh, I think the businessmen are definitely catching up quickly. You know, a lot. The thing is, a lot of them are very good friends with some of the best players in the world. You know, like, uh, okay, I'm not saying personally i'm one of the best in the world but let's say myself me and yeah. paul has a very close relationship right now and you know we would always talk poker together and he's constantly getting better and then i would get a rough idea of like how vip thinks about the game also you know right. and i've always said to him i've always said to him him and kerry cats are two fake vips you know yeah. they're not vips you see them in the field it doesn't actually encourage you that much to want to join a tournament you know oh, like no, obviously Dude, look at Kerry Katz's hen and mob. Look at look at uh, Paul's hen and mob. I mean, these guys are yeah, they're playing like shorter fields, bigger buy-ins, but like they're crushing. I mean, Kerry yeah. Katz is like the most like, ridiculous so, thing I've ever seen. They're they're not. He's not. Full yeah, like so. This year, the the Triton Player of the Year has been introduced. But if it was there last year, Paul would have won it. Paul would have been Triton Player of the Year. You know, with, amongst all the best in the world, yeah, been crazy. Player of the Year. You know, so there you Man, go. I was I was like, so excited to go to Korea. I was I had uh, I was going there and and going to be doing the commentary, and it was like I've never been to South Korea. And then this uh, 
you know, this, this, unfortunately for the event, of course, safety first and just taking precautions, it got delayed and who knows, mm. don't even know now what's going to, what's going on with that. And, and I did see that, that Triton player of the year. So that's kind of fun, right? Get to shoot, shoot for that. It's prestigious. Yeah. You know, it's, it's cool. It's, yeah. it's, uh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be giving anything away, but I'm going to tease some of the fans, you know, there might be a new stop. Ooh. Maybe. Maybe a new stop. Right. <laughs> I, I think I might have caught wind of of uh, of a bit of that as well, but I, I don't know. Yeah, no confirmations, and who knows right yeah. now what's going on. I mean, if the World Series <laughs> is canceled, if you know the, the Montenegro Day, I hope that event goes on. Um, it's just unclear what's what's happening at the moment with everything, but um, yeah, no, it's 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 fun stuff. So all right, so let's go. Let's get let's. I want to take questions as well. We had a lot. You got a lot of people very curious on your rise and you know kind of coming out of nowhere. But then you hit this bink, and then you just don't wait long because it's May of you know you hit your your kind of massive score and then you just come right into the 50th WSOP and you win the 50k for a whopping 1.6 million what was that like i mean how does that feel just go from bucket list bucket list to bucket list get the bracelet win not just the WSOP event but the 50k in the 50th WSOP i we talked i think either right no, it must have been right uh, after. We did a little YouTube segment, but I think you had just won that. Uh, what was that like for you? How, how did that feel? I mean, that's just got to be like the ultimate dream. I feel like that was the time, that was the tournament where I really may have been playing my best performance yet. Like, it, it, it's such a cliche, right? You know, because I obviously won the tournament as well. So, but it was it was by then where I had some some kind of experience with some of these best guys in the world now and i really get to like come up with like a strategy or like a game plan of like who how to play against what hands like you know you know and, and just really try to adapt to the game and i am i'm more daring you know it's not my first time in high stakes anymore i'm more daring i'm trying to play my own game now you know and i took it day by day and i remember they they at the end of day two i think i made a post on instagram where you know i i remember like during the break we were playing in the in the what's that area called you know the the kings wait no 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 the what room is that where the main event is usually played and also the main stage oh, it's in the corner not brasilia miranda um i know what you're talking about um Okay, so I know exactly what you're saying. Amazon, Amazon, yeah, Amazon. Shout out to Brazil. Yes, yes, Amazon, and uh, it was like next to the basketball court. And I remember during the break, I was walking, and in front of me, it was like it was literally all the current best guys in the world, like Fader Ho, uh, Alex Fox, and uh, I don't know, uh, M- uh, Matthias Eibinger, and all those guys was just walking in front of me. And Dominic Nietzsche and all those guys. Yeah. Like Michael Adamo and all those. I was thinking, yeah. yeah, like this makes sense. You know, they're walking in front of me and I'm still behind them. But one day I will catch up to them. I just said to myself, well, one day I will catch up to these guys. Yeah. And yeah, it was cool. And then I played with uh, Ben for the very first time. He came out and played and he played a 50K with the same table. Uh, yeah, know, Ben Heath? No, Ben CB. Oh, Ben. Ben, yeah. Ben Heath's been already been in the scene and crush. Yeah, Ben live. Exactly. Yeah, Ben. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty cool playing look, with him for the first. this final table. Sam Savarol, Michael Adamo maybe playing the best in the world right now, or one of them. Yeah. Adrian Mateos. Like, that guy, I mean, talk about impressive. Adrian Mateos just seems like he's just on another level. Oh, I'm so happy for him. I am extremely happy for him because, like, uh, 
we we are we are kind of the younger ones of the yeah of this generation, right? So I I've always been aware of him, and we we've known each other, but not we've never been close. But we're you know I'm the kind of I'm the chit chat guy that kind of get the t- get the table less serious and so you know i'm usually friendly with a lot of the pros and yeah and i, I was aware he was on a downswing from himself and also from staking so it, i was extremely happy to see him come through and just start blasting scores again you know he's obviously one of the very good ones and yeah i'm happy extremely happy for him. that's yeah it's awesome and i'm kind of looking here too again your scores maybe the buy-in start just getting bigger in general right your your overall just you know then there's a 1.6 million dollar score and then 100k you play hit a million dollar score um you know again sam grafton getting a, his big one this guy this tough fields Kylie burns playing some of the best poker in the world but i mean it's uh it's got a it's in a way, it seems like you're having great success. The buy-ins are very high. Do you feel pressure ever because it's so like one of those things, you're in the zone, things are going well, you're having scores, but you're also playing big buy-ins. I mean, the, the stakes are high. You know, guys, like you mentioned, Mateos, guys, some of the best in the world, they go on downswings. You see, oh, they cashed for $4 million this year, but what were their buy-ins? And do you ever feel kind of pressure at this level to perform, or you just kind of like go with it? And, and have you experienced any downswings that, that concerned you? Did you ever think about giving up poker? or stopping or have you just kind of, I mean, you're so fresh into this, this uh, upswing, if you will, into the high stakes, I guess maybe you haven't really experienced too much adversity based on the scores we see, but yeah, have you had any downswing uh, concerning moments or, or, or had to deal with that mentally? Mm, I, I, I think I had a downswing when I was in like micro stakes. And then since then I've not been completely aware of it, but you know, I, I'm the kind of guy that believes and moan it in, you know, like I would start complaining when I even, even though I'm not on a downswing, but maybe I've bricked like, I don't know what, six, seven tournaments without cashing, which is completely normal, you know, people should know that, okay, it's completely normal, but I would start complaining and trying to moan, moan, moan yeah. it in, you know, just moan it in. <laughs> all guilty of it, sick, right, if you start complaining about bad beats and things, and we all take it, and I, honestly, sometimes when you lose with aces on the river and dramatic rounds, you just got to realize, like, that happens all the time, people are doing dealing with this every tournament, everyone has it, so it just feels sometimes like, oh, it's, the world's conspiring against me, right, but really, yeah. You got to remember, it's just it's just not the case. Just math and it's it's variance. Absolutely. And, like that, so. uh, and in terms of uh, have I ever thought about quitting and stuff like that? I've not not you know not really. Obviously, I'm extremely fresh in this part of the states of the world, and I I talk to some of my close buddies like the likes of like uh, Michael Sawyer, Kale Burns. You know, Kale Burns gives me a lot of confidence. You know, because like. Uh, I always, even though I'm I'm doing well in these stakes, I'm aware. I feel like I'm not gonna be, I'm not good enough compared to some of these guys. And then uh, we've always had this conversation where uh, he would say, like, "Am I am I actually making money in this tournament? Am I making money in that tournament?" And etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm I'm not saying that I'm comparing myself to other people, but I want to be fully aware. Am I making EV at all, or am I actually minus EV? And he's been kind enough that I feel like he's telling me the truth. We have a lot of these deep conversations, and yeah. again, he's another guy who's absolutely crushing it right now. So I'm extremely yeah. happy for him also. Yeah, no, I, I got to catch up in at Nottingham at Dust Till Dawn. We got he, we did some content together. He's going to be on the podcast as well, and he seems like a really guy's head on his shoulders straight and just crushing absolutely 
everything and also kind of showed me a couple little things where he was talking about some spots that I thought were interesting. And, you know, it goes to show you, it's like when you guys see, when you see people just constantly delivering at the biggest stage, it's like, you know, they realize the game changes or there's some things maybe that are new or you're not aware of that are, that can make a big difference. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting to, to see and talk poker with, with the best. It's good to have, right? That's one of the better ways that studying's great, but it's also to have access to world-class players that you can bounce stuff off of is Absolutely. very valuable. Um, uh, what do you think, what would you say if you were to look at the top five, 10 players in the world right now, currently, or just, you know, you could take the top 25, 30, 50 at the, some point, there's not too much difference. Um, what do you think some of the stuff that they're doing that you're doing or that you know that's going on, whether it's PO solver or other things that are, they, are they just, is that the difference people that are really putting the work in, to, to, to study and, and go in or, or, or what would you would attribute to what the top players in the world right now, what's going on with them? I mean, and you're I in think that, they're, that they're extremely like, they want to learn and they they want to try new things. You know, they, you know, I think there are different players in the, in the group where some of us are just following what the, the top, top, top tiers are doing and eventually we get to know what they're doing and then we follow, you know, but there are, there are some players who would be creating new strategies or like uh, making new strategy to adapt to something that the mass mass majority is doing. Right. And I feel like that's, that, that separates a little bit away from them too. Us, yeah. To be honest. Understanding yeah. population tendencies and, and whatnot. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like right. honestly, it's, it almost feels like they would change their complete lifestyle just for poker, you know, almost. Right. All right. Well, so we look through your very young and impressive uh, Hen and Mob already up over eight point four million. Do you, do you goal set? Do you follow along? You know, you're you're currently the top. Is that the highest ranking you had? Twenty five in the world in the GPI, or is this no? One? I I no, it's been higher. I think it was like. 12 or something but i i've not played a single tournament this year so my ranking is dropping a lot <laughs> yeah do you and is this something you keep an eye on does this interest you are you are you motivated by these type of things to like reach number one or certain money goals do you do, you do that type of stuff or just kind of uh go with the flow or do, or do you actually uh, eye on this I, I was i was definitely trying to i think i i forgot what my peak was maybe 12 or 13 and then player of the year i was also very high at one point maybe ninth or something mm -hmm. and but at one point you know like it's extremely hard to chase these things you right. cannot miss a single stop like you have to you would have to be in a suitcase the whole year like right. almost you know i see the likes of like manic i think manic almost goes to all of them and also uh ariango he 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 almost lives in a hotel always he never goes home also and yeah like these guys are extremely hard working and you know these rankings are it's like a a report where to prove yourself yeah okay some of it some of these things are paying off you know but and then my 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 career sort of twisted a little bit you know i've had access to some of these uh like app games cash games right. where i yeah. have, i no longer prioritize you know these ranking anymore and it's about making some real money now yeah no worries i mean i listen i was i was messaged you at 5 a.m i was out and that uh cash games are you don't get the glory but a lot of times that's that's where the the meat of it is and if you're able to fortunate enough to have good networks and people and and be able to play in games where people want to play with you and have fun with you and and are you know willing to uh not 
to step, you know, set aside the fact that you're a pro or that you're going to have an advantage, but they like you. And they also just, you know, that, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And that's part of the, that's part of all, all of it. And people may frown upon whatever, but the reality is if you're yourself, if you're trying your best and you're, and you're, you're, you know, young, outgoing, go happy, go lucky guy, who's, who's positive, you know, that they're going to get some of these extra opportunities, um, yeah. which is, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, like I remember I was having this conversation just the other day uh, while the Bali, you know, when I was coming up the ranks, I was working so hard to let the world know who I am, you know, hmm? to, to get your name out there just so eventually, you know, someone would, uh, be interested in you and like uh, get like just you know just to get your network going and right. now i'm all the, uh, now i'm like up here i don't want my name to be out yeah. there anymore you well, know you want to be discreet you don't want because vips don't want to play against the best in the world unless yeah. you're like i don't know tom Dwan of phil ivy ask them if they want to sit down with like i don't know sam greenwood and play heads up cash game with him. they would never want that you know? right so exactly it's, it's, it's a way around that, you know it's a fine line between crossing over to like a point where it's like almost like you know antonio it made a good point it's true it's like yeah the more tournament results and scores you have the less people want to play in private games or, or have you around now of course if you're friends with the people that at the highest stakes and levels and they like you and they, they don't mind, you know, battling and, and giving some action and you're fun and you're, you're a good sport. Right. It's like, that's the thing you got to realize like it's, it's, it's up. It's not a, it's not a, uh, right it's a privilege to be able to play those type of games you want to be a good loser when you lose you want to be a good sport you want to have fun you want to give action and you want to make it where it's not predatorial and 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 that's uh you know that's it's part of the whole the whole deal what uh what is the biggest cash game you've ever played blinds usa dollars wise like small blind big blind i think it's 20k 40k hong kong so it's like two two point five k five k us I think so. Scott, me, I, I've, I've, yeah, that's that is nosebleeds. That's in the nosebleeds category. Um, I see some people in the chat say, "What's up, guys? Hey, yeah, we're having fun. We're gonna take questions. So if you want, we're gonna shoot over. We're gonna try to rapid fire these out. Danny is in London. I'm in Miami. I'm gonna be joining Danny on a flight. We're going to Sochi. He's gonna be playing. I'm gonna be commentating. And right now, we are gonna knock out some questions again. Danny Tang rising to the highest of stakes in a very rapid amount of time, really inspiring and exciting. Uh, you guys can follow along with Danny on Twitter and Instagram, anywhere else that you do, you push action, your ambassador for natural eight, any other sites to keep an eye on you? Or are these basically uh, Twitter, Instagram that you like to, to, um, I'm more of a Facebook guy compared to Twitter. I don't know why my Twitter just never goes up. <laughs> all right well yeah so adam on facebook as well but we'll, we'll uh we'll we'll take some questions here and you know we'll uh we'll go we'll run through these so danny i'm gonna go ahead I, can you can see my screen or is it too small for you on your phone when i do this you it's, can't really see that can you tiny that's okay i'll, I'll read them out Sorry, buddy. um Thank you. Give me, no worries I'll, I'll read it out uh who was your favorite pro to watch growing up i like, was a tom don guy yeah, I think I was a Tom Dong guy, you know, where he was just blasting off 2-7 and just his stare down, his, you know, his, he's like, yeah, but I've been hanging out with him quite a bit recently and it's cool, you know, you, you know, when you like, you, uh, what's, what's that line where you, you're, you, you, you're a fan and then you become a rival. I'm not really a rival with him, you know, we, you know, but, but we play, we play sometimes, we play, we're in the same game pretty much. So yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Who are the top three players today? Let's just say tournament players. Who would you give? Give me list off three that come to mind. There's, there's a today, top. right now. 
Yeah, just give me three guys that are like top of the game. And uh, Michael Adamo, Michael Adamo, Sam Greenwood, and oh, it's close. It's very, very close. I'm, I'm gonna give it to Timothy Adams right now, just because yeah. he's killing it right now as well. You know? what, what do you think? What, what goes? I mean, at some point, running right, you're winning flips. You're doing playing at the end. It's very tournaments are very tricky. But what do you think? I guess Devorez too. Daniel Devorez seems to be on a sick heater uh, as well. What do um, what do you think you would attribute that to? Like an, a Michael Adamo, who I keep hearing that name, and obviously his results. But what what exactly makes them so special that to separate from the highest of high rollers and the crushers? What makes you think those names? What do you think they do? Ooh. How did I not put Stevie in there? I'm crazy. Oh, yeah, Stephen Chidwick. Yeah. I mean, so again, you could keep, <laughs> you could keep going, and then the next names you'd rattle off, you could you could slide in at any point. So, I mean, what, what do you think makes those guys and 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 just so so good? What is what are the intangibles? What are the attributes that make them so dangerous? Personally, I only put them in that category is because of the spots that they usually put me in. You know, like usually I'm like I feel like it's back and forth, back and forth. Whereas against these guys is usually like 80, 20, you know, they're just like, you did- at your head. Like, you're like, wow. Like I have, yeah. like, they're using yeah, blocks, like a max. They're just taking every like again. Yeah. You know, like again, really again. Yeah. You know, so. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's, that makes a ton of sense. We've got some uh, language stuff. Some, uh, can't make out, um, any cool stories with natural eight. Uh, what is your partnership? How is it? And how long is it? How long have you been with them now? uh since the summer so i don't know how long is that like seven months seven eight months sorry i i i just want to say like they gave a lot of freedom to us ambassadors you know they have been extremely supportive you know everything i like things that i i i would suggest they would just try get it done they they give a lot of freedoms to us so yeah that's that's awesome. No, it's nice. I mean, it's, that's how I feel at party. It's it's nice to not feel stressed or pressure. You can't do this or don't play here or whatever. Um, it's very nice. What about Kitty Quo? She's a great Twitter follow, a lot of fun. She's on your team. What, what do you have to say about Kitty? She just seems to love and embrace poker so much. She's just a character herself, isn't she? Yes. You know? like, yeah. Like, I, I really hope that she wins the the Twitter personality of the year i voted for her i suggested a lot of people yeah. to vote for her she's again i i used to be a fan you know just oh my god it's kitty quote and eventually i had dinner with her and i i had meetings with her and now we're we're good friends we're in yeah. the same team it's it's pretty cool she's she's supposed to be where she is right now but i don't understand she's been married to russell for that many years her english is supposed to be better Right. Well, listen, I'll, I'll back up, Kitty. I'm married to uh, my lovely, supportive, beautiful wife, Amelia, and I, my Portuguese should be better. And we have a baby boy now. I'm hoping to learn with him. But I, I you know, it happens, bro. You know, you want to we got to learn poker first. Right. It's like study. No, but that's different, bro. That's different. I'm sure you can communicate English with your wife. Right. No, no. She speaks great English, but I'm just saying it's like there you yeah. go. Whereas okay. Russell doesn't speak Chinese at all. <laughs> well, they just got love. They got love. That's uh, that's enough. Um, biggest online poker score? Oh, it uh, not a not a lot. Like it was that one that I told you the main event on Natural Eight. Yeah, like eighty five k or something. Like that. Yeah, something like that. true live pro. You're a true live pro. What's your yeah. most memorable moment in poker? Ah, oh, I mean, it has to be winning the bracelet and having aces on the bubble. Where yeah, I haven't 
I think anyone can go back and rewatch the video where I had aces against kings against ace king on the stone cold bubble of the hundred k. You know, if had I had I got beaten in that hand, my career could be totally different right now. You know. Yeah. No, I mean, there's there's moments like that. There are moments or difference, not even just because that moment, but because of what, yeah, for come, what what, yeah. what what happened. You hit that huge square where you just are out or bubble, yeah. and might be like, it's it is true. There's there's definitely. And I'm so, I'm also so thankful because there was there was a hand where I had pocket eights against Jungle Man's pocket jacks, and he kind of like nit rolled at me a little bit. Like he had jacks, and I I must have had like twenty odd big blinds, and he was asking for a count before he called. I free back jam. And I ended up having quads against him. Uh, he, oh, it was sick. We both flopped the set and I had a quads against him, okay? Wow. And yeah, there was a video of like people watching back at home, like at the poker association office, like, and then everyone was celebrating and that, that, that video was like priceless, you know? That's awesome. That's very cool. I love jungle. One of my favorites, but you know, sometimes you just got to get there. Eight, you're natural eight. You're going to get natural quads with eights. That feels yeah. right. Feels right. Favorite variants of poker, short deck, long, you know, what is it? What's your, maybe that's not your favorite, right? That's what you play the most, but you like, you're still in the limit guy, right? As you said, is that true? Mm, it's close. It's very close. I think, I think after a while you get really hooked on short deck. You know, after you get through the, the the phrase where you're super frustrated, like, how did I lose again? And you're like eight buy-ins in, you know, you're eight buy-ins in and what's going on. But then at the end of the session, you're up 20 buy-ins. You're like, oh yeah, this game works, you know? Right. All right. We did it earlier. <laughs> what is the difference between the super high stakes and normal stakes? We did that. Do you have a special re- routine before a big tournament or session? I do want to focus on that. You said you, you late reg the hundred K that one, you had the huge score. Is there a method to your madness? Are you like, I need eight hours of sleep or I want to wake up, get to the gym, or do you just kind of go with how the day comes when you play tournaments? Uh, I try to dress comfortably, you know? I, I think 2018 and then 2019, I had a jacket for each year. But 2020, not yet. I'm still I'm still deciding. 2018, I had a Heli Hansen. <laughs> it was kind of funny. And then 2019, I had an Adidas. I'm sure you'll see it a lot on my Instagram. I had an Adidas where it would cover my posts. Like, it, it was really good. And That's I need cool. one for 2020, ready for Sochi, you know? All right. Well, well yeah. It's, you don't have much time to sort that out. It's coming up. What did, mm-hmm. Speaking of attire, what did you make of Bryn Kinney? Um, I was funny because I was there before it started and talking with everyone. And, you know, Bryn had a actually a design custom outfit and bill perkins was giving him a hard time like come on man you know that it's like uh, a uniform like if the pga you you the masters you you don't wear you can't just like wear what you want but it, it's it was a custom outfit piece that was pretty sick but what what are your thoughts on that is that something is there any talk about that in the community at that level. Cause it was, I actually thought it was interesting. Cause he gave, he got a little bit of a hard time. He wins the event as well, which is pretty gangster. And um, you know, he didn't wear like the, the, the suggested attire, if you will. Oh, you mean for the Triton million, right? And final table. Yeah. Like I, no, I wasn't really aware of that, but I didn't expect, I didn't honestly expect uh, Bryn to be rocking up in a suit anyway, to be honest. Right. I, now, couldn't I, mean, imagine, was, I couldn't really a, imagine him in it. It was a custom piece, to be fair. I, I thought it was cool. Yeah. Just like, I don't know if that was, you know, I just just, just thought of it because we're speaking of the attire and whatnot. Uh, what is the feeling that, um, what is the feeling to be the most successful poker player from Hong Kong, from Perot Tansev? It's, uh, it's a quite a statement. Is that maybe Ed Zahen and Mob? Are you the number one in Hong Kong? 
Yeah, I'm currently the number one in Hong Kong. And yeah, I mean, I'm pretty happy. Like when I first moved back to Hong Kong and changed my flag from uh, UK to Hong Kong, I had my goal of setting to become the number one all-time money on Hong Kong. And uh, yeah, and I don't want to sound arrogant or anything, but yeah, I plan on staying there and I would like to be, you know, at the top for, for, for a long, long time. Who do you got to in your rear view? Who are you looking out that can that can pass you at any time right now? Uh, who's the number two guy? Hold up, I'll give you a, I'll give it for you. Let's see, maybe you got a distance there. Ah, Stanley Choi, right? Yeah, Winford, you also very talented and exciting yeah. to watch. That's so yeah. There's some guys right there, and I mean at the high stakes, right? It happens in a in a day. It's like all right, Triton, someone wins the main event or hits like a yeah, good exactly. score. Can, exactly. Can move, but, as long yeah. as they don't randomly start throwing out a lot of million events, you know, I, I'm confident. I'm very confident. Otherwise, if if you know Stanley just starts playing like like a couple of one million events and then end up min cashing and just surpass me, then I have a I have a I have some work to do, right? <laughs> for sure. What's your favorite hand? Not aces, but what's your favorite? Uh, give me like a fun hand that you like. I think it has to be pocket eights now. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. I, mean, I best, think it has to be pocket eight. So, uh, which circuit do you like the most? Live circuit. It has to be Triton. You know, like Triton just does everything right. You know, like how can you fault them? Who yeah, can fault that, them? That's on a T. I think that one's on a T. Um, all right, so we had a lot of a lot of great questions. Favorite program? Uh, what about why did you choose Adidas? Uh, interesting. I don't know. I I I don't know. I have always liked Adidas original. It has to be original as well. I I like the the shape of it you know i i've always thought one one day would adidas like ever i i thought like could i approach adidas and be like get some free items just because i'm on stream or like on photos whatever right. but i didn't get around to it eventually but yeah adidas yeah adidas i like adidas original what uh what's your favorite place you have visited not necessarily for poker but or both poker trip and otherwise uh, okay uh, Santorini was extremely nice. I went there last year with my girlfriend. That was beautiful. The sea was next level. But the food, it was so-so. And also this year I went to Jakarta where I went out to one of the uh, – Ferdinand, my, my, my friend Ferdinand, he took me to like one of his islands and we went jet skiing and that was like one of one, – one, like around the island that was beautiful. Like it was the most fun I've ever had jet skiing. And look at it. You can still see the timeline, right? Got, you got some sun out there. Yeah, I've heard good <laughs> things about Ferdinand in, in that area. I have a friend that went out yeah, there as super well. Nice guy. Uh, super yeah, nice guy. That's, that's awesome. Best tips for someone who wants to go pro? Uh, don't quit your job until you're sure you can do this. Uh, make sure you want to make sure you have a good group of friends who are in a similar state of mind and uh, the motive. Uh, be motivated be be ready to be ready be ready to hit get hit back down you know don't don't give up easily uh make sure you study a lot make sure you you follow your bankroll management but yeah i wouldn't quit your job because like sure yeah i just yeah great advice i'm right there with you have you ever been robbed we did hear about your car earlier yes yes i that was that was the main one that i remember i think um I hope I don't again. Yeah. What do you think is the best about playing poker for a living? The freedom. It has to be freedom. Look at it, like what what day is it today? 
don't even know what day is it. Yeah, it's a Wednesday what? afternoon, and I just get to. Might not even be able to get the month right if you really, unless you if you pause, you'd have to probably pause for a second just because it turned over. But for sure, I love it's like that. Yeah, exactly. What day is it? Where are you? And that's that's a good sign if you're thinking like that. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're unobservant. It means that you're just kind of blended you're not uh you're, yeah you're enjoying um you i was i was messaging my friend in dude in manchester i was like is there anything to do if there's anything to do i, I would come up he's like bro it's a it's a it's a monday like i'm yeah, like right. what, what do you mean like monday is like any other day of the week you know yeah yeah um let's see some great questions here hold them or short deck you got to pick one to play short deck do you think online poker is dying I don't play enough to comment. I like yeah. these like fast questions, you know, like pick, pick this or that. I love it. Favorite city. It all day. <laughs> favorite city. Yeah, me too. We have a, lot, a lot of questions here. Ah, favorite city. This is tough. Hong Kong. I still haven't been. I've only been through the airport passing back. to Tokyo. Macau. I like Tokyo a lot as well. I like Tokyo a lot. Was, man. man, those are like two of the cities I want to go to the most that I haven't been. I was supposed to be in Tokyo right now, actually on my way to Sochi, but then the Korea trip got with the, got postponed. It was just, I have actually supposed to been to go to Tokyo twice and both times, like literally right before I left, I couldn't go like super random different things. But um, yeah, I, I've Tokyo. I haven't been, which that hurts. Cause I know I just hear how great a city is. Um, do you play any Omaha tournaments some PLO? I actually do. I played every year during the world series. I played a one K and a two K usually. That's it. Yep. Um, I'm uh, very sensible now that, even though that now that I can play these 10K or 25K, I'm absolutely aware I'm not good enough for them. So, no. <laughs> Which, uh, I don't know about it's true, man. I think 10K and the 25K PLO is great events at the World Series. But, I, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those. It's, it is what it is. PLO tournaments, there is some different thinking and thought process. But um, what, what are your parents? We asked this about playing for a living. What do they think? Your family in general. Like, would you say the family uncles cousins your brother everyone what, what's the overall consensus like was it now i'm sure they're like okay this is real but were they worried when you started when you're like oh i'm kind of playing pro so i'll try to cut the story short right so when i went back from so my mom thought i was just studying masters in uk and then uh, after after the second place for 130k i went back to hong kong showed up at her doorstep she saw me she burst into tears she was like what have you done did you do something really bad like, that's why you come running back to Hong Kong. Like, and I'm like, no, mom, but yeah, I'm going to be a professional poker player. And then she cried even more. And I'm like, yeah, don't worry. I'm this, this will happen. Trust me. Mm-hmm. And obviously now everyone are extremely happy for me. They, they don't really understand, you know, every, anything when it comes to gambling, they think I, they would assume I'm very good at, you know, like, so during Chinese new year, like uh, the family likes to play some card games, some margin games, and they would not welcome me into the game just because they would think that I would just crush them. When is, because that, of the, gambling. When is the actual date of Chinese New Year? I think this year was the 26th of January. So it's around that same time. And why is it not, why is it the Chinese New Year? Why is it not on like New Year's Eve as the New Year? What, what? I have no idea. Really? Bro, I grew up, I grew up I in the UK. That. I, was like, I, know that. I don't know, actually. It makes no idea. I also see mom, I have some notes here that she gives you some advice saying make sure you're drinking a lot of water, make sure you get enough sleep, make sure you hide your emotions, don't let your opponents read you. And that you said, Mom, I'm a professional poker player. I'm going to be having a poker face a lot of the time, but she doesn't really understand. And she just cares for me and wants to make sure you're okay. Is that, I think that was from yeah. the article. So that's yeah. pretty cool. And now she's just telling me to wash my hands a lot. Yeah. I wear a mask, you know, it's what parents do, right? 
Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, would you say, like, are you making a lot of adjustments at the when you're deep in a tournament? Someone's asking, how do you handle bad beats? Do you shift the play style? Do you open it up and your ranges? Like, what's your, would you say you're good? You said you're more of a field player, used to be at least. How do you use that to your advantage? Are you really good at seeing the situation and just shifting gears? Or do you pretty much have like a game plan? Okay, I have this many big blinds. The cutoff opens. I'm going to jam these hands. Or do you make like a lot of, uh, you know, feel adjustments based on player styles and, and such? I I think so. I mean, when it comes to like the European side or the, the Western side in general, there's not that much adjustment. I feel like people, or majority of us try to play along the line when it comes to pre-flop like but it's post-flop that you have to just sometimes uh but whereas again some of these asian pros the likes of like tan swan the likes of like ivan liao you have yeah, to just just a little about, bit you know those two names in particular like those guys are just fun like the lay downs they make the plays they make the i mean those that's yeah, yeah that's fun man it's fun i can't wait for the sochi event yeah. i can't wait for the tritons they're they're just like i was really like, i even last last week and he's telling me how much he's improved so i'm very excited to see ivan 2.0 in oh, okay um what's your name on poker stars and party poker or do you, do you not share do you party not... poker party poker i don't even know but you got a poker new name stars, new hud i or think new... it's, i think it's rectangle on poker stars i think it's been a while since i logged in <laughs> right all right fair enough um how did you feel leading up to your first high stakes tournament like consider i don't know 25 50k like the first one you played, what was that like jumping up into that? Did that, did, were you nervous, excited or a little everything? I did a lot of messagings. I, I think I, 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 if I remember right, I was in Macau. So I did a lot of messaging. I was, I was excited. I was, I wouldn't say nervous because I remember I chose that one to play. It was because it was in Macau. There was obviously a lot of Chinese VIP on the table. It, right. The only downside was it was a single day. And at the time, my uh, turbo and like my short stack and ICM was maybe not the strongest part of my game at the time. So, but yeah, I, I mix emotions. Definitely uh, happy to play, and I I think I catch as well. That's awesome. Um, yeah. What was it like playing with Tom and, and Phil Ivy? I, I've uh, I, I playing with some of your you know hero guys you grew up with, and now you're playing some big cash games or tournaments with. What's that like? awesome like obviously you know i grew up being a fan of those guys and now getting to know them personally it's pretty cool you know they're definitely really really nice guys and yeah like i knew they were huge but i didn't realize how big they were you know i remember being at the airport in in japan and it was like me rukau and tom don and obviously me and rukau are not exactly like like nobody's you know and I remember people would come up and just ask Tom alone for a photo, like just in a random Japan airport, you know, like that's yeah. how big he really is. And then they would not be aware of me and Ruka at all. Right. Like we, you know, oh, that's, that's how big they really are. Like we would turn up to uh, Latwinia Casino and the whole casino would be got There's like a small poker room at Latwinia where we went with Tony G. Tony yeah. G showed us. Yeah. Yeah. He was, someone was asking, how was that trip with those guys? That, how was that experience there? Oh, that was, yeah, that was really cool. And then we, we played a short game. I won a little bit of money. Uh, we played we played short deck Omaha on the flight 
and <laughs> I was already. Uh, I've never even heard of that. <laughs> yeah, that. there's going to be wild. there's going to be some new games being introduced soon. That's a sick game, actually. That's got to be wild action, right? People are making straight flushes and full houses like left and right. Yeah, like soon soon I got out of the way. Like I was already bad at Omaha and shot at Omaha. I had even less of an idea. Like I would, it feels like every hand is good, you know, for me. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I, I'm trying to think as well. That's got to be. That's actually. Yeah. That's kind of, I mean, that's the thing about poker. I just don't think it's going anywhere, right? Because it's like anytime No Limit Hold'em, they say it's solved or whatever. Like, yeah, okay, well, now the game's short deck. Now it's, you know, five card PLO. Now it's <laughs> short deck PLO, which just sounds mental. I got to, I got to say, that. for tri- that's, that's how good Triton is doing the job, you know? Like, not only are they doing great production for the, for the audience, they're also creating new games. Like, look at this yeah. short deck thing. Shot deck's mm-hmm. having a massive boom soon. I feel like one. I wouldn't be surprised if one day there was like a shot deck WSOP main event. You know, right? Yeah, one day. One day. Exactly. I, if no, no question about it. I mean, Triton's brand and, and their powers. It's growing fast. It's uh, it's exciting stuff for sure. Um, and they're doing all this not for money as well. It's for good cause. That's the best part for sure. They're yeah. doing it. I love it. It's a probably even net loser based on how much they're spending on the production, the value. Yeah, they're doing. It's like they're they're doing it to promote the game it's it's huge um yeah how what would you be doing if you were not playing poker oh god <laughs> oh man i i would be something into sales i think i think i'm a pretty chatty guy pretty good at networking so like insurance or sales i think um uh, makes makes a ton of sense i'm with you on that and speaking of networking and in relationships I, I also you know feel like i love obviously i love to talk i have a podcast i stream on twitch um what do you what would be some advice for maybe people because i think it's like it's funny because sometimes you can even get pushed or like put in the wrong category like oh trying to do too much or you're trying whatever like at the end of the day if you're personal if you like people if you want to learn if you're if you're a good person and you and you do your best I think that's all you can really do, right? And it's like at that point, things happen or they don't. Um, any advice or, or something in terms of sort of, I don't want to say it's networking or putting yourself out there and trying to, trying to like you said, you, you reached out to numerous poker players, just send them messages and hope they respond. I mean, I get messages from people all the time. Sometimes I respond, sometimes I don't based on time or what, how the message comes across or what it is, right? If you're like, you know, you send a message, hey, bro, will you stake me? Like, next you know like i'm not gonna look at you but if like there's some kind of context or meaning or message or connection and you want to you know yeah i'll I'll respond when i can on stuff and i'm sure you get messages all the time right so it's not just like yeah you just kind of i think i think you just have to be ready to give before you take you know and uh when when you you really want something and if you keep going and keep going i feel like eventually it will happen you know like the dan coleman and the olivier Bosquet story i had this story in hong kong with someone you know where they just keep private messaging private messaging private messaging and eventually the other guy really did reply and really start teaching him and staking him and he really moved up and now he's one of the one of the best players in hong kong when it when it comes to cash games so yeah like you just have to be just don't you know just just don't be shy and just do it for good purposes do it with a good heart i think people can feel it you know be ready to give not only you don't you don't want to just try to take you know yeah i think that's great advice all right let's take uh one more question here someone uh someone's saying do you remember a one hand i beat you at 235 and do you think that's what 
made you absolute beast. Okay, so that's not really a question. Who knows what he's even talking about? Some tournament. No, wait, wait, wait. I, I, I actually saw this on Twitter because I actually had a quick flick through, and I know this guy, right? And I just want to say to him, he's done very well for himself. This guy, he's right? Done here. Very well. Yes, he's done very well for himself. All right. He lost a two, lot of weight. Two hundred and thirty-five. Oh, when when I beat you at two hundred thirty-five dollar tournament, or no, I, it was two thirty-five was the local casino that I used to play at. Uh, and we okay. used to play. I, I still remember him, and I those guys that supported me from the beginning. I remember all of them. Okay. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. Got to get some sleep. I'm going to sleep on the plane over, man. Hopefully uh, get some rest. This is, uh, is going to be a long trip. But um, uh, last question. What about countries? Let's just say, you know, stereotypically the Brazilians are kind of wild or this or that. Any countries you feel are like pound for pound the toughest around? Who Give me like a country or two that you just think like those guys are great. Or if you see them at a table and let's say you don't know who they are, but you're like, oh, they're from here. They're probably pretty good. Any countries that stand out to you? Yeah. Uh... Or do you not really think like that? Okay, I'm gonna separate. I'm gonna separate this into two. Okay. Okay. What you just said. If I don't know where they're from, and if they told me they're from Germany, I would assume they're pretty good. Okay. Or if I don't know where they're from, I don't know who they are, and they're from Russia, I would assume they're pretty aggressive. Right. Okay. All right. But if I know them, I would. Um. I would. It used to be the German domination, right? But yeah. now I would say that Americans are probably have. The best Americans probably caught up, and they're very, very good. Like it's kind of strange, you know, because like each country has like a couple of very, very strong. Like for example, Spain it has uh, Adrian, Sergio, uh, uh, and then there's two more, uh, Sergey, and also, and then when it comes to Australia, it's like Adamo, yeah. uh, Kale Burns, you know, like yeah. So it, it, it's hard to say. It's just more Germany has more overall better players, right. and also America, America when it comes to high stick has a lot of strong players as well. For sure, I I, I just saw this yesterday. Actually, you saw this te- the twenty five k ten million November thirteenth to seventeenth at Baja Mar for party poker. Did you catch that ten mil twenty five k? No, I didn't see it. I'm yeah, sorry. That, that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty spicy. Do you hit those? Do you hit the Bahamas ones? I went to Bahamas twice last year and. Yeah, once one one I the the poker style one I did pretty good. The party poker one I I did really bad. <laughs> All right, you get to redeem yourself this year at party poker. I'll Definitely. be there. You will too. Come check me in Miami on your way. And uh, Danny, we are gonna we are gonna do a random tweet giveaway, fifty five dollar ticket on your command to close down the podcast. Tell me when, and someone's gonna win a fifty five dollar party poker ticket. Tell me when. Uh, now. Boom. Put some thought into it. And we have a winner. Alexi Lafa is going to win it. And uh, courtesy of Danny and Party Poker. Danny, of course, sponsored by Natural 8. But, you know, it's all it's all one community. We give, we push it out there. Hopefully we do well with this ticket. We'll send you the info to get us that. And uh, Danny, you were supposed to be our 50th podcast guest. You won your 50th at the 50th World Series, your bracelet. And, um... So we had a cancellation, uh, 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 what's the word, a delay, a postponement. So you're 49th on the podcast. I really appreciate the time, man. It's always great to chat. I look forward to sharing a jet with you too, Sochi, and we can chat some more, maybe play a little bit of uh, teach me some short deck. I'll give, give me a little action in PLO. I'll give you a little action in short deck. We'll have some oh, fun sure. and uh, make some memories. Oh, sure. over in Sochi. You know what? You, now that you just said we're one big community, right? 
I'm going to give him a bonus right now. Tell that guy that that guy that right. that the random winner, right? He's right. going to have a Sunday main event ticket for Nitro Eight from me as well. Wow. What's your? Let's get that uh, username. Um, and what else? Which what's the other one? All right. What was it? What was the Sunday Natural Eight? What are you giving? He's he's going to have a Sunday main event ticket. And how much is that? I I actually have no idea, but we'll tell him to get in touch with either myself on Twitter or Natural Eight. And I'll let him know. All right, I love it. I love, I love that. I love the generosity. There's been some of that parlaying. The 55s have have snowballed. Matt Savage, um, Luke Schwartz, some other guys deciding to add on to the 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 the, the thing. That it's abundance, right, Danny? We live in abundance, and it's uh, you never. I've had a couple messages on some tickets and giveaways where people get a good score or a final table or a close deep run. And, you know, it just, it, it changes so quickly. That's what's exciting about tournaments. One run, you're in your own yeah. control. There's some luck, of course, but you actually click buttons, control your destiny, and you can change in the second. You can really take it up from uh, from zero to hero. So, Danny, appreciate the time, man. Can't wait to see you tomorrow uh, in London, and uh, we'll be off to Sochi, man. So look forward to it. Sure. Thanks again. And uh, always- Thank you for having me, buddy. Cheers, man. Enjoy your day. Cheers. Cheers. All right, guys. Danny Tang, give him a follow. Instagram, Twitter, all the socials. Very impressive career. Young, bright star, humble, and uh, merging. So keep an eye on him and and give him a follow. And again, thanks to Danny, and we'll uh, see you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.